Hey listeners, what's going on? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. You've clicked on the title. I'm sure you've read about this movie. Maybe you've already seen it. But today I'm going to talk about the movie Fast X. The Fast and the Furious. I mean, what can you or can't you say about this franchise? A franchise that has spanned 20 years has officially reached $7 billion in box office revenue. It's currently tied for fifth. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, it's already passed it. Um, But it was tied for fifth with the Harry Potter series for the biggest grossing franchise of all time. Just making money hand over fist. And a lot went in to Fast X. You know, there was... Apparently some problems with Justin Lin, uh, not maybe on his end from what you see, you know, unless you're there on set, who knows what's real. Uh, But Justin Lin was supposed to direct this. He was, you know, he did leave the production. It was taken over by Louis Lettier. And what we got, this is going to have spoilers in it. But for the most part, you know, this is a franchise that I've talked about that I think seven was the perfect send off. I think for everybody involved, seven should have ended the franchise, but it was the biggest hit that they've ever had in terms of box office. And why would they not make a sequel? You know, why would they not continue to make more of these, even with the passing of Paul Walker and them writing off his character, Brian O'Connor. And that was one of the problems is I feel like once Brian O'Connor's character was gone, you really miss some of the heart of these movies. Because as I've said in some previous thoughts on the Fast and the Furious, Brian O'Connor's character, I believe, did more to bring that entire group together than Dominic Toretto did in terms of a storyline. You know, Dominic Toretto was always talking about family, but Brian O'Connor is the one who really brought a lot of these characters into the family. And I feel that a lot has been missing since he, you know, since his character was written off. Now, with the Fated Furious, I understood, you know, why he wasn't involved in any of the events that took place there. They even said, like, you know, we can't bring Brian and Mia into this. That, you know, they said they wanted to go and, you know, raise their family and get out of this game. And I understood that. Fast 9, I even understood, or F9, whatever you want to say. I understood why Brian O'Connor wasn't there. It was dealing with Jacob, Dom, and Mia's brother. Brian's at home waiting for the, you know, protecting the kids, everything like that. So I get it. Mia was involved in F9 because it's her brother. Understandable. Now, this movie here is one where I feel the absence of Brian O'Connor's character does not make sense from a storyline perspective, considering Mia's also in here for apparently no reason other than, you know, Jordana Brewster has been a part of this franchise and she's going to continue to be a part of this franchise. And it's unfortunate. Her character is a, you know, severe afterthought, but it makes Brian's absence even more noticeable. Now I will say they have a very, very touching tribute again Uh, a small scene to Brian O'Connor's character. And it takes place when uh, Dominic Toretto is in a garage. He's, you know, looking at his car and there's pictures from the previous movies of Brian O'Connor, like him and Dominic Toretto together. There's pictures of the two of them hanging in the garage, the instrumentals for see you again, 
is playing in the background. And I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really touching scene. It's very brief, but you know, in that moment, it feels like that scene is shot and it really is just Vin Diesel remembering his friend, Paul Walker. I really do think that Vin misses Paul a lot. Um, And I think it was a a very well-performed scene because it didn't feel like it was acting. It felt like it was real. Now, the acting in this movie, I will say, is very bad. In certain cases, I, I don't know what it is about Vin Diesel with these latest movies, you know, Fate of the Furious, F9, and then, you know, Fast X. It seems like he's gone backwards in progression and he's incredibly charming in the first one. I think he's great. Even in the fourth and the fifth one, I think he's better. But for whatever reason, the more serious he gets, it's just. It's hard to get behind anything he does. Um, It's just a very confusing choice how Vin Diesel plays this character now, at least for me on screen. Now, again, I don't sit here and like to criticize, but it's just it's something that I don't personally like. I don't like the more serious tone that he gets in each passing movie. I think it's a wrong choice. I think what made him so appealing in the first movie, and I get it, there has to be some character development and growth and change, but what made him so great in that first movie is he is charismatic and fun and charming. And I think Vin Diesel is a charming, charismatic guy. I think he does have, you know, range, you know, broiler room, a man apart, things like that. I I think he's shown he can be a good actor. I'm not saying great. Um, you know, I'm sure some people are like, oh my God, but I, I, he's shown that he does have range and he's not using it in these later entries in the franchise, which is, it is confusing. Now, I'm sure this has been all over, but you cannot talk about Fast X without talking about Jason Momoa's character, Dante Reyes. And he is the son of our, you know, crime lord in the fifth movie where they retcon a little bit. Um, eh, Not a little bit. Well, they retcon, okay? Fast Five. And Herman Reyes, who was the main bad guy, they end up, you know, taking his money out of the vault. We go back and we see scenes from Fast Five, including seeing Brian O'Connor, like real footage, and they splice in Jason Momoa's character, Dante, his son, being there on the bridge, driving, getting, you know, wrecked because of the vault. And it actually really works. This is one of those things where when they retcon this, it works. When they retcon Han back in and Letty and things like that, it's a little far-fetched. Just because the explanations in the universe are like, wait, just come on. But here it actually works. And that's one of the reasons why I really did enjoy this because it felt like he should be there and he wasn't just shoehorned in, but he is the absolute best part about this movie by leaps and bounds. He makes this movie incredibly fun. A lot of people have referred to him as this version, this universe's version of the Joker. He's insane but he also laughs while he's doing things. He is great. There are some disturbing things that he does, but there are just moments where he's so over the top 
He's flamboyant. He's boisterous. And he steals every scene that he's in. I cannot wait for him to get back on the screen anytime he is missing. He absolutely steals the show. And I feel like it's a shame because, you know, regardless what you think, um, there, there's a lot of people that love these movies. They've been with these characters for 20 years, and this franchise means a lot to them. And I love that. I absolutely love that somebody, you know, has found a franchise or something, you know, far be it for me to tell people what to like. I like most of these movies. Furious 8 and uh, F9. F9, I absolutely can't stand. I hate that movie. I think it's atrocious. It's the worst one in the franchise. Um, but with, you know, with Fast X, it's almost to me, I'm hoping that this performance by Jason Momoa does not get overlooked because it's so good. And just because it's in a Fast X movie, which has a ton of critics and a lot of people, you know, calling for this franchise to end, his performance is really, really good. And I hope he gets the recognition that he should for what he's brought to this character. Now, this movie as well draws a ton of parallels, I think, to Infinity War. This really felt like this universe's Infinity War setting up for their endgame, even the way it kind of ends with a semi-quasi-snap moment. And really wondering, I will say, the ending of this movie really gets me interested in the next one. Now, there's been at the premiere a lot of talk about this now turning into a trilogy to conclude it, even though it was going to be two parts. Whether that happens or not, we shall see. It maybe depends on how much of this actually makes if they, you know, think they can afford it. Um, like I said, seven billion dollars, you know, total at the box office between these films is not shabby. But you know, I will again. The ending leaves me insanely curious to go see the next one. Now, when F nine ended i was i had no interest to see fast 10 none because that's how much i disliked f9 i was like wow this is this is where the franchise has lost it for me maybe eventually years down the road when it's you know on streaming or something i'll finally get to fast x uh ended up going to see it with a friend and i'm so glad i did though but you know at the end of this movie i want to see what happens they actually have hooked me and going okay where do we go? Do they have the balls to pull off some of the things? Because at the end of this movie, you're under the impression that Ramsey, Roman Pierce, um, Tej, those people are all dead. And you really don't know how Dom and his son, little Brian, are going to get out of their situation. So in a world where, you know, no character ever seems truly dead, and I'll get to that more in a minute. I'm curious as to whether or not they're actually going to do this. Now, there is really an easy way to explain that those characters are alive, I believe, but I'm curious to know if they're going to do it. Now, another thing that I actually felt was really good, and I give this movie credit for, is Jacob, Dom's brother, played by John Cena. I thought he was terrible in F9. John Cena is not good at playing serious characters. I think he's way over the top. He's too forceful when he's trying to be serious. He's at his best when he's natural and goofy because John Cena seems like a goofy guy. I don't know him, but all the roles that I love him in, he plays a goofball. He plays somebody who likes to have fun. And he had a brain transplant in this movie 
because he's a fun uncle who takes little Brian on a road trip to get him to a safe location. And he's great in this movie. He's hysterical. Now, at the end of it, he sacrifices himself to save Dom and clear the way to get to Brian so that he can rescue him. I actually applaud this movie. It felt emotional. It felt real. It gave me a reaction. And I felt like, oh, man, his character is gone. It felt like finality for that character and actually a good reason for him to be gone. So I commend the movie for, you know, something that's so over the top and almost nothing seems believable for giving me a believable, heartfelt, genuine moment. I thought that was really, really good. Now, a couple more things about this movie. I'm not going to, you know, go crazy on, you know, all of all of my thoughts, but there is some pacing issues with the team being split up. It's very, again, Infinity War, different groups doing different things. Sometimes they don't feel like they get enough. Some characters that are new to this series, like Brie Larson, who plays Tess, Mr. Nobody's Daughter, she feels very out of place. I like her. I actually think Brie Larson is good in this, but based on what she's doing and where she is in the story, it feels very glued together. It doesn't feel natural, unfortunately. We did not get enough of Han and Shaw, you know, unfortunately, Jason Statham's character. They go to him because they need help with weapons and things like that. And my one of my biggest problems is there's a scene before that that's completely unnecessary in order to get to Jason Statham and Han. And it was cool to see, but I wanted more, but it looks like, okay, we're giving you a tease and we're going to save it. Um, so again, some of the pacing is a little off and my biggest complaint, I- I'm going to start wrapping up with this. My biggest complaint about this movie though, is again, major spoilers. Gal Gadot's character is back, which is really odd because it is thrown in there. When I say that this is just like, Hey, take it or leave it. This happened. It is insane how they bring her back. And it is so casual. And the reaction to seeing her is so nonchalant. It's unbelievable to me. I was like, you have to be freaking kidding me. Now, I don't mind that she's back. But again, it's just the carelessness and the laziness in which it happens is what really, really irked me. And and that's it. Now, the other returning character is Hobbs, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I feel probably ate some humble pie with everything that's happening and coming back to the franchise. Either way, I don't care because I'm excited for him to be back. I liked him in this franchise. I thought he was good. I thought he revolutionized this in Fast Five with his character. I'm glad to see him back. I hope they can do some good things with him. So I'm happy to see him back. But overall here, Fast X is actually, for me, again, I know it's getting ripped apart, and even some fans really don't like this one, but for me, Fast X is a blast. I had such a good time with this movie that when I got done, I looked over to my friend and I said, that was a hell of a lot of fun, right? Like, I really enjoyed that. And she said the same thing. So I really was surprised. This movie, you know, really impressed me. I thought they did a really, really great job. Jason Momoa deserves a ton of praise for this. I He is such 
a scene-stealing character. It's so great to see him on screen. It's something very different than we've gotten from the Fast and Furious movies. I can't wait to see him in another one. It's going to be absolutely, I think, great. And I recommend this. So I'm going to go to Popcorn Time, and I give this movie four out of five buckets on the Popcorn Time scale. I would go see this again. In fact, I'm going to go see this again with my son. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie twice in the theaters, which is not something I would have said about Fate of the Furious or F9. So I give them a lot of credit for being able to do that, bring me back invested into the franchise. Are there some issues? Of course. Is this perfect? No, but it's a hell of a good time. It puts his foot on the gas. It never lets go. And I have thoroughly enjoyed what the Fast franchise brought and what potentially is coming with these next installments. So that's going to do it for this review of Fast X. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.